Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Tim Stutz with Insight Global. Welcome, Tim. Thank you very much, Lee. Appreciate you having me. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Insight Global. How are you serving folks? So we are uh, Atlanta-based, uh, but certainly not uh, certainly not exclusive to Atlanta. We're a, I'll say, North American staffing and talent solutions company. Uh, HQ is here in Atlanta, but we've got uh, 63 locations throughout North America and um, and staff across IT, uh, accounting and finance, engineering, healthcare. We do culture consulting, uh, DE&I consulting. Uh, so a lot to offer throughout uh, corporate America. So what's the um, kind of the history of the company? What was the genesis of the idea? Yeah, so the genesis of the idea was just was was as simple as an IT staffing company. We started back in uh, in 2001. The uh, company was founded by uh, two gentlemen, Glenn Johnson and Scott Madden, uh, and uh, and has really grown tremendously over that time. So we just celebrated our, our 20th birthday, if you will, uh, this past May. And, uh, and obviously, over that time, a lot has changed. The, to, the talent landscape has changed a lot. In fact, the talent landscape has changed significantly, as you might imagine, in the last, uh, in the last say, year and a half since, uh, since the start of the pandemic. Um, but uh, it was just that. It was two guys who had an idea that, um, that they could provide services, not just to clients, but to the job seekers uh, in a better way. Now, what was the kind of the reason to go have locations around the country if a lot of your work, I would imagine, is on the phone? Uh, a lot of the work is actually, well, it used to be in person um, because we've got uh, kind of a mixed environment of salespeople. You know, the easiest way to describe it in our world, it's, it's outside salespeople and then it's internal recruiters. But the internal recruiters are sort of the delivery arm. Uh, but prior to the pandemic, uh, our salespeople were client facing. And by client facing, I mean, uh, out uh, meeting with folks, um, you know, on site, understanding what their needs are, uh, partnering to provide solutions for, you know, openings and employment gaps and such. Uh, and a lot of our customers, especially as you enter into the Fortune 5000 field, uh, are not just in one location. And so oftentimes what would happen is you're doing work with a customer, I think about uh, Cisco Systems, for example, who we work with in Raleigh uh, early on in the company days. And, and as you may know, Cisco is headquartered out in the Bay Area. And so they asked, hey, we could do a lot more business with you if you guys were willing to have a brick and mortar location out there. So that's, uh, that's sort of how we've expanded into, uh, into new markets. And uh, an opportunity just keeps popping up, as you might imagine, especially uh, now being virtual. So now, now being virtual and having all those kind of boots on the ground in those markets, how do, how do you kind of mesh that um, kind of remote work with this kind of building those tight relationships with your clients? Yeah, so that's, that's been, I would say, the most remarkable thing that we've seen. There's been a lot of, uh, of remarkable things that we've seen in the last you know, 18 months or so. But um, 
we've learned a lot about ourselves in that you don't actually have to be on site with a customer. Uh, in fact, we were forced not to be uh, for most of this time um, to establish meaningful connections, strong relationships, and to do good work together. So that so then the net of that is you've figured out other ways that'll probably kind of serve you as we get beyond the pandemic moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that the future uh, will look different. I think that you, I think people in general, um, they want to be in community with one another. Uh, I think uh, being here in Atlanta, we've certainly seen that through the, certainly the last year. Um, so I do think that, that the future holds a more in-person uh, relationship-based uh, environment. Uh, but the fact that uh, we learned how to do our work, and I'm not just saying in staffing, I mean just in general, in a virtual environment uh, over the course of this last year and a half has been, I think it's been eye-opening for all of us. I mean, just the fact that uh, we've been given a lot of time back, you know, I think of a, of a salesperson and again, it doesn't have to be in staffing, but a salesperson who's just on the road spends a lot of time uh, in the lobbies of buildings, waiting for the client to come meet with them. They spend a lot of time in their car driving from building to building. All that time now has been given back because you're, you're at home or you're in a, a remote work environment and you can, you can hop from meeting to meeting to meeting with no commute and very uh, little to no wait time at all to be able to interface with your customers and with job seekers. It's really, it's really neat. Now, do you help, I know consulting is a part of your work. Do you help with your clients through this time in um, kind of keeping their culture alive and and kind of morphing to this new environment because it's one thing to have a corporate culture that's positive when we're all together and seeing each other and waving and then smiling or seeing you know uh, someone's kid walk through the office and create that kind of we're in this together environment but then when you do go remote you're missing some of that in some ways but then you're seeing some of it also maybe in zoom calls or where you see in the background a kid walk by or a cat walk by and you're like hey this person likes cats or something. So you can create kind of that personalization, but are you helping your clients kind of work through their efforts to keep that sense of community going for themselves? Yeah, we, we definitely are. Um, because I think that, you know, in, in just in the spirit of the industry that we work in, um, we we're just, we happen to be on the front lines of all things talent. And, uh, and so we're seeing, uh, in different markets, what talent is available, uh, what talent's not available, what what is the what what is the job seeker looking for today? You know, different from what they might have been looking for uh, a year ago or two years ago. Um, you know, what is it what does it look like to hire uh, and onboard in this virtual environment? You know, a lot of our customers have not ever been trained in that, and technically, we weren't trained in that, but because it's what we do. Um, we've had to learn it. And, uh, and I think our entire industry has had to learn it. And so there is, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to consult in that space and to, I should say, more advise in that space, because our, our customers oftentimes, you know, I think about a, a hiring manager at, you know, ABC company, their exclusive job is not to hire and onboard. Um, it's a very important part of the job. But uh, most of the time, if not all the time, they are responsible for delivering some results back to their business. Um, hiring is a small part of that. And that's sort of where we come in. And then, of course, when you start to think about culture and togetherness, uh, we certainly advise on, you know, there's just a lot, there's a lot of, I'll call it business emotional intelligence, I think, that goes into play there. Um, and how 
can you make sure that uh, when you're going to onboard uh, a new employee, that, that they're going to get that same experience? Because data will tell you that the first 30 days of an employee's experience, you know, that onboarding 30 days will make or break their tenure at that organization. Um, and so a lot of our clients are wanting to know what can they do to be better in that space. And one of the benefits of working with a firm like yours is that you're getting to see kind of in real life those best practices play out. And I'm sure you found that some things work better than others and in, yeah. in certain environments. And you can kind of share that kind of best practices with your clients. Yeah. And, the, the you know, it's, I'm going to say it's the secret. It's not the secret. It's actually a really, really simple recipe. And uh, and so. It, it, to me, it's two things, right? It's if we're virtual, number one, you've got to commit all the time to being fully present. Um, I've seen uh, even in myself at times uh, that I'm more easily distracted. I've got two monitors uh, you know, at my desk, not one. I've, then I've got my cell phone that's on my desk. And so uh, if, I'm, if my eyes drift away from the screen, uh, for even five seconds, I'm not fully present, you know? And so it's just, but that, that, that's on the person, right? The person has to commit to being fully present. And then the person on the other end will respect that. They will feel that they are seen, that they are heard uh, and that they're appreciated. And then number two, and this goes for everybody is just, you have to fully trust the employees in a work environment, you know? And if you do those two things, then what you're really saying is you're saying it's all about our people. And that's, that's how we are at Insight Global. We, um, you know, we believe that if you take care of your people, I mean, our purpose is to develop our people personally, professionally, and financially so that they can be the light of the world around them. That is all about making our people's lives at work as good as they possibly can be. It's not to say that every day is sunshine and rainbows, but uh, we're a values-based organization. And when people come in and they feel like uh, the groups that they're engaged with are present and that their bosses and their peers trust them, even though they may not be together, that's a really powerful thing. And is there data to support that those kind of purpose-driven um, kind of cultures keep their their employees longer, that they have less trouble recruiting new employees, that it, it kind of permeates into their, their business um, deeper than just, um, you know, kind of a, a mission statement on a website, that the, when there's a larger why – then people aren't maybe shopping for a new job for a few dollars more or like yeah. they're more excited about, Hey, I got a mission here that I'm trying to accomplish with these folks. And I believe in them. They believe in me. And I'm, I'm not kind of going anywhere for a while. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, it's, it's hard to cite uh, external data because um, you know, culture, culture is a hard thing to measure. I think anybody would tell you that. Um, we can look internally and look at, you know, what was the turnover at Insight Global holistically, uh, you know, even just three years ago, and what is it now? Um, and in obviously that three-year period, uh, a year and a half or more of it has been in a, in a very disconnected state, to say the least. Uh, and our turnover has dropped from probably in the, let's call it 32 to 35% range, uh, well below 15%. And, uh, and, and that's, in an environment where you've got this, this uh, great resignation going on, you know, these really, really uneasy uh, employees who are realizing after spending a year and a half plus at home that they want more from their employment experience from those they work for and those that they work with. And so when we look at our internal turnover and we see that, uh, that uh, the people are not leaving, um, 
it's because we've leaned into our people. We've leaned into, like I said earlier, making their work lives better um, and, and, and putting being a purpose-driven company at the forefront of what we do. I mean, we, we've, this year we will put 70,000 people to work uh, across North America. And, uh, and while that 70,000 uh, doesn't maybe stack up to the millions of people that uh, filed for unemployment month after month after month last year, you'd be hard pressed not to ask those 70,000 people if Insight Global didn't make a difference for them. And more importantly, the individuals that they worked with at Insight Global didn't make a huge difference because we build relationships with those folks as well. Now, are, are your clients coming to you to say, hey, we're frustrated by this great resignation. Um, should we become a purpose driven? Like, like, are they asking you like how to do that? Or is it something that they're coming, they're saying, Hey, we have to do that now. That's not a nice to have anymore that these purpose driven companies are winning more. So we want to win more. Um, I think in some, in some, uh, windows you see them come and ask that, uh, I still think that we're, I think that we're still, uh, this is going to sound crazy, but we're still sort of on the front end of, figuring out what does the future look like as we as we come out of the pandemic and you're going to really start to see a divide i think in in in, in sort of employer profiles and what i mean is is one are they purpose driven and i think a lot of companies uh, are trying to get there but don't know how and uh, and it is it, it's tough if you make it tough but it's easy if you're just if you can create a, a culture where everybody can just lean in right Um, And I think that there's a lot that goes into that. Um, You know, we've got here, we've got a big emphasis on philanthropy. Uh, We've got a big uh, emphasis on, uh, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, We've got a a women's leadership council. So it's just, it's creating, uh, you know, network and resource groups within the organization that allow people to feel like this is more than just work. Um, And so, yeah, some companies are figuring that out. Uh, Like I said, it's tough if you don't build the infrastructure in. And then I also think that companies will will start to you'll start to see a divide in which companies are going to be stubborn and mandate that uh, that all employees uh, either have to be at work in the building, you know, five days a week or even that all employees have to be in the same city as the organization. Because um, the wake up call uh, that I think that we are seeing uh, and I think other staffing companies would agree is that remote work is here to stay. I mean, when when you hear uh the American worker talk about this, this yearning for work-life balance. Um, you know, that, I don't know that anybody could have defined that, but I do think that the flexibility that was sort of forced upon us all and the trust that was forced upon us all as a result of the pandemic and as a result of going virtual has really shown people that's what work-life balance is. It's that I can work at home if I want. I can work in the office if I want. And I think that the companies that are going to demand on-site work. And again, there's going to be organizations that have to, given the nature of the work. Uh, but those that have the flexibility to allow workers to remote but choose not to, over time, they're going to experience uh, hiring of, of you know, third-tier candidates. Um, not to say that those candidates aren't worthy of those jobs, but they may not be the candidates that those employers want because they either A, can't afford them, or B, aren't willing to be flexible with those employees' uh, worksite desires. Now, um, in this kind of future hybrid workforce that um, may or may not uh, exist in the future, but when you're saying hybrid, is that something that the individual is sometimes working at home, sometimes 
not, you know, going into the office. If that's the definition of hybrid, then you've eliminated kind of global workforce, right? Because it's going to be hard if I'm living in Italy to come into my Atlanta office, you know, once a week. But if I'm the best person for the job and I want to live in Italy, you know, and you're allowing that and I'm okay with it, that that works for me. And then you win, I win. But if you're yeah. saying it's hybrid that, you know, once a week, once a month, twice a month, I have to come in the office then you're still only pulling from people around you. You're not kind of tapping into this kind of the best of the best wherever they live. No, that's exactly right. And, 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 and uh, let me be more specific on, on hybrid hybrid, uh, at least for us is, is it's giving the flexibility to our folks. Right. Um, and it's allowing them to decide, do they want to come in? Do they not? You know, we, we, we feel that, as a part of culture, you do have to be connected with people. And of course, we're still in this thing. I mean, we've got this new variant now that's coming out. And so safety has to be the number one priority, um, regardless of people's stances on vaccines or not. You just you've got to make sure that your work environment is safe. And so I don't think we're out of the woods yet. But uh, but uh, in many cases, we try to get the new employees to say, hey, look, it is important that you can that you can show up. Now, that's just inside global. But I think I think the nature of the work. Uh, when you start to look across uh, all of all employers in the United States is really, really, that's what's going to define whether or not you can be fully remote, you can be hybrid, or you have to be in person. You know, if you think of a, an assembly line, for example, there's no such thing as remote work on an assembly line. It's just, it's just not physically possible. Um, but for uh, programmers who are, you know, just, who are just kind of writing code all day, there's really no real reason for them to have to be in the office. And so each employer will have to decide which roles within their organization can they be flexible with, um, which require some hybrid work, uh, work environment, which, requ- which are totally fine to just be entirely remote. And, uh, and then once you've identified which roles can have which, uh, then you can start to really go out and get that best talent like you described. Because you're right, there's there. Facebook's a great example. You know, uh, Zuckerberg was adamant that, uh, and this is, of course, pre-pandemic, that if you worked for Facebook, you were in the Valley and you were on site. Um, And that has since changed. And now they allow people to work from all over. I don't know about the world, but certainly all over North America. And so if, if, if the top programmer in the world, it just happens to live in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, because he's at home taking care of his ailing mother, um, two years ago, he couldn't have worked for Facebook because he couldn't move, to, you know, because of his mom. Now he can. And I think that's really neat for the future. Right. And that's where you really um, kind of live into those values of community, what's important and creating that balance. Because if caring for my parent is the most important thing on my list today, I might have to be forced to take a lesser job in order to do that. But now in today's world, I might not have to. Yep. And that's what you're seeing in uh, in the job seeker, <clears throat> excuse me, in the job seeker environment is you're seeing uh, this awakening, if you will, with all job seekers that uh, that right now. Um, and, and I don't I don't think that this is a moment in time. I, I think this will be here to stay, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, <clears throat> but they they can come with all their demands. Uh, and it is a job seekers market right now. There's no question about it. Now, um as we evolve into this and, and, and things become more, um, the, the, this new normal just becomes normal, right? Um, how do you see 
more of the politics of an office playing out. In a lot of cases, there were human beings, right? So if the person in the office is hanging out with the boss and they're playing golf because he lives down the street or you know lives near the office, but the person who lives in Cedar Rapids isn't playing golf, and then the the golf buddy is being promoted and the Cedar Rapids guy who might be equally good not being promoted because he's distant. How how do you see companies kind of managing the human, you know, interactions that happen, you know, in person versus remote um, that sometimes, you know, you bond, have a beer, hang out that is not going to be possible in these kind of remote worlds. Like that has to be, you know, this is where this uh, gray area comes in and the, the human factor comes in. How do you help your clients through this? Cause this to me is where this is where it's going to get tricky. I, I agree. I, I think, you know, and it's hard for me to speak for other organizations, but what I would say if asked and you're asking is, I think that's where being a truly authentically a purpose-driven company with a good value system matters. You know, we, we have shared values here. There's five of them. And they're really, they're table stakes to work here. We don't put you through training on them. They're just, but they're, you know, they're written in a lot of places and they're just good reminders that <clears throat> this is how we uphold ourselves here. And I think that in those values, they, they transcend all politics. They transcend all drama. Uh, and they're designed to do that. You know, like they're, the, and I'll share them with you there. Number one is everyone matters. Number two is we take care of each other. Number three is leadership is here to serve. Number four is high character and hard work above all else. And then number five is always know where you stand. And, um, and look, we're not absolutely perfect across all five at all times, but um, you do really see people when there is a value system that collectively people believe in and they rely on it. I, it may sound crazy, but it, it, it does eliminate all the politics and it does eliminate all the drama because Everything in there is is spoken in a way that says you will always like you will always know where you stand is a great example because if you are that remote person um, and you're doing the and you're doing the right work the high character and hard work above all else then if your if your organization is built on those values then you promote the right people not the people who are your golf buddies right and at the heart of it is that level of trust and it's a two way street trust you know if if an employee sees you know, these values on a wall and they're not being practiced, it, the employee's not going to believe you. They're not going to trust you. But if you're living into them and they're seeing it happen, then they are going to trust you and give you the benefit of the doubt. And then, and you see in, in the world today, people give benefit of the doubt to people they trust. They they assume they're going to do the right thing and they, they are, are watching their back. They don't give benefit of the doubt to the people they don't trust. And you got to, that's to me the heart of, I mean, a, a lot of the problems we're having in today's world is that we aren't giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. We're, you know, not trusting everybody. And if you really have that trust-based environment, then like you said earlier, easy things become easy, you know, <laughs> you're not battling at every turn. They absolutely do. And, 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 I, and I think that trust is... <sighs> Trust is as hard as you want to make it or it's as easy as you want to make it. And, um, and you know, I think for us, we choose to make it a very easy thing. You know, I, I know me personally as a leader, I'm not one of those leaders that wants that's, that's going to make you work for months to earn my trust and my respect. You know, we, we start with a full tank. And, uh, and I, I think that's because 
I, like a lot of leaders here, and I, I just, we're authentic. You know, we believe in authentic uh, leadership with meaningful connection with people. There's a lot of room for vulnerability and safety. And, uh, and, and we really want to get to know who our people are. Uh, I mean, we're sort of, you know, I hate to say frontline obsessed, but, you know, the executive leadership team here is very plugged in. You know, you could argue almost too plugged in um, to what's going on on the front lines. But that, that is that foundation of trust. And, it, and to your point, it is, it's kind of everything. Right. That, that's, that's the linchpin, you know, the foundational point. If you don't have that, everything collapses underneath it. That's exactly right. And, uh, and you know, the, the fun thing about trust, too, is that you even if you don't get it right every time, um, what's the level of ownership, right? I talk about vulnerability. Um, are, are your leaders willing to admit when they messed up? Are, are they willing to admit that maybe they didn't trust where they should have? Because I'll tell you what, when you're willing to do that, what comes right after is forgiveness and then comes healing and then comes growth. And, uh, and, and it, you know, that just, that just continues to, if you can create that cycle, right. That feeds into a better, stronger culture. Right. And it cycles back to more trust because they know you're going to own up and they, they know that your heart's in the right place. Exactly. Yep. And there's nothing to, there's, there's no, you mentioned the word politics earlier and it's just, it, it saddens me when I, you know, when I've got friends who, you know, at other organizations who are dealing with, um, with office politics, because it just, it is, it just, to me, it says that, you know, not to call, uh, not to call bad leaders out, but that's what it is. It always comes back to the leadership, in my opinion. Right. And that purpose and the why, if the organization really is living into the values that they espouse, then this should, that shouldn't happen. Yep. And you've got to walk the walk too. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of companies out there, um, you know, as you start to look into like the ESG space that, that are, that are saying that those things are important to them and that purpose is important to them. Um, and you, you know, but you know, if you really look into it, you'll see that a lot of companies kind of are virtue signaling, if you will. And, uh, and, you know, it's funny as we, as we lean into the different things that we do outside of our day-to-day work, um, you know, we're, we're, we're paranoid about that. Does this look like we're like, we're, you know, value signaling or virtue signaling because, you want to make sure that the that the purpose that you've given to you know your people and that you're walking right now is that it's very very real and uh, and that just that to me again we're going to go back to this word trust and meaningful connection when you're when your your team knows you and you know your team then there's no reason to call into question that what you're doing isn't authentic and isn't real right and um Look, the proof is in the proof. If you're if your turnover rate is getting less and less, that means you are obviously living into that. If you were telling me that, hey, we believe all these things, but you know, we're turning over a hundred percent, then maybe you're not, you know. That's <laughs> like, right. The, yeah, and we and you know, and I and I think that, that you know that the turnover going the right direction, you know, people want to be here has resulted in a really, really astounding year for us for us. I mean, it looks like we will grow thirty-five uh, percent year over year in revenue this year. And while we don't necessarily obsess over revenue, we obsess over our people because if your people are happy and they feel fulfilled and they feel as though they're looked after and they have a means to to contribute and to be successful within the organization, then the revenue just that just comes secondary, right? That's the byproduct. Right. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm a big believer in, I'd rather have a a good system than the good goal. If you have the right system, the goals are going to take care of themselves. 
That's right. Yeah. People, people will, people want to work with like-minded people. Right. And, uh, and sometimes if you build a system that allows people to come in and be like-minded, um, but also get perspective from, uh, diverse groups and such, then, uh, then it does, you, you can build, uh, goals around people from 37 different backgrounds, you know, and you can accomplish those things. So now what is that ideal fit client for your, you and inside global? Like what is kind of that perfect client that you know that you can deliver on your promises? That's a hard question to answer. I mean, it's, uh, we, we do work with probably over 5,000 customers across North America right now. Um, you know, small, medium, and large. Uh, I mentioned all the different industries that, 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 uh, that we work across. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, what we want is a, is somebody who's going to value the partnership and somebody who will lean on our expertise as it relates to the, the overall talent market, because we're on the front lines of it. Um, and, uh, and just, if, you know, I think for us, if we feel as though we can have, um, a meaningful and successful partnership, then, then, you know, we'll take any opportunity. I mean, we really will. And we're not picky about the type of work that we do. Uh, I would say we're mostly in the professional space just because that's the, that's the line of work that we have been in for the last 20 years. But I think as we continue to look to the future and say that we want to grow, you know, there, there's so many other sectors that we could get into that we're not touching right now. So, um, you know, so I realize I sound like I'm dodging your question, but it's, it's kind of anybody, honestly, Lee. And the pain they're having is that they are looking for a specific, you know, person or, or fill a certain slot that they can count on you to help them find the right fit. Or is it kind of more on the, the advising side? Uh, is that usually the, the way in for you or a combination? Oh, no, we're, no, we're primarily, we are, if you have an opening and you want us to fill it, we'll work together to fill it. You know, like, like I said, it's mostly in professional, like, you know, there's a big void in hospitality right now. And and unfortunately, we're just we're not in that in that side of the world yet. I think that's where everybody I'm sure you've experienced it. You go out to dinner and, and the wait staff is is light and everything seems to be a little bit slower. And there's a we're hiring sign on the door. We're just we're not quite in that space yet. I think eventually we will get there. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's for us. It's it's where there's an opening. Uh, we'll take the, the, the opening or openings, I should say. And then we get to work and we go out and then work with. Uh, with our recruiters and get into the candidate pool. Uh, and again, then you start to look at the parameters. Is it local? Is it remote? Um, what's the skill set? You know, what's the, what's the culture fit? And then, uh, and then we fill the positions and we probably put, you know, I mentioned we put 70,000 people to work this year. So um, it's been that in and of itself has been truly, truly special to just know that, you know, that that many people's lives have been touched by us, even if just, you know, by happenstance. Now, Tim, if somebody wants to learn more uh, about Inside Global, what is the website? What's the best way to connect with uh, you or somebody on the team? Or I guess if they're listening anywhere in the country, they can find their local office maybe near them. That's exactly right. Yeah. So the, the, the best starting point would just be uh, www.insideglobal.com. And then from there, you can find all of our offerings, all of our locations. That, that, and that's a perfect landing spot for both job seekers and for hiring managers or companies that are looking to bring talent on. Uh, and everything that you need to know about us and, and, and our offerings are all on there. And then uh, and then if anyone wants to connect with me, probably best way is LinkedIn. I do not have a very uh, special LinkedIn profile. It's pretty boring, I've been told, but it's there. <laughs> well, Tim, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. 
Well, thank you very much for having me, Lee. This was, uh, this was a great conversation. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio.